I'm glad you took those lessons. <laughs> Would you give a great big, this group right here just blew it out. I mean, just blew it out. It's just good. Just good. It takes faith and determination, and uh, I want to talk about that. It is uh, the story here in uh, Nehemiah, the second chapter, verse 11 through 20. Um, I was thinking about some of you out there because I know some of the circumstances that you have gone through. Uh, for example, I recently uh, talked to a lady who's in the service tonight whose car just quit. And I think it's, a, it's a, an individual that is a single in our church and a widowed woman. And the vehicle just quit. And, uh, of course, the cost to get it repaired, she's not toting a bunch of cash and not a bunch of retirement funds, not a bunch. And so when a 1000 or $2,000 car bill comes along, that's, that's a little difficult. Where do you run to? She serves here in the church and uh, leads a wonderful, wonderful engagement of ministry. How do, how do you explain that? Well, that's nature, that's life. Another family, another couple went through a bruising attack of the enemy in their livelihood, in their income, and in their, their long-distance truck people managed their own vehicle. Isn't that correct? And uh, as a result of that, the, the unit that they had, the big semi that they had, uh, just was a lemon from the word go. I, I have that right, don't I? Because I prayed a lot for you guys. Lemon from the word go. Can you imagine hauling uh, 40,000 pounds, 44,000 pounds in some states? And you think we got to be there because in trucking today, you've got timelines you have to meet, be at certain places, certain times. And those log books, those log books no longer exist. It's all in computer. You just log it in right there. And so your truck quit, put you down. And that's dollars when you've got perishable items maybe on the trailer and the company and the organization and the firm said we're not going to make it good and uh, too bad so sad you're going to continue to pay for the vehicle and uh, not a lemon and they had to dig deep and get proper counsel and counsel and they were told it's all over you lose they were told you might as well give up they were told you don't have a case they were told there's no way to get favor here. But you know what? They go to a church who believes in the power of prayer and they hang around with friends who don't take no for an answer. And so we continued to pray. Well, I want you to know it wasn't just a few weeks ago they came to me and said, hey, that's all changed now. We won. God's given us favor. We've ordered a brand new rig It'll be here the 1st of December, and we are back on track again. Isn't that wonderful? I'm, I'm getting the spirit of Joel Osteen right now. I don't know if you can tell it, but just really, really good. I had a pastor called. He said, wow. He said, my deductible in my church. He said, wind damage. Tree went through or post or pole went through. Transformers went six, eight-foot hole in our newly decorated children's capacity. He said, our, our deductible for wind damage is $100,000, $100,000. And uh, I thought, well, 
because, you know, he never thought that there'd be wind damage in Florida. Go figure. And we don't have any hurricanes and nor any tornadoes or anything like that. He said, we're, we're just really struggling with that. And I said, well, we'll pray that God will help you. I'd change that deductible if I were you and see if you can't get the roof fixed. But it's, wow. Talk to another pastor who said, we're in big trouble. Uh, church is gone. We have a mortgage on it. And uh, he said, my people already suffering in many areas. And it's going to be very, very difficult. I said, well, don't worry about that. Don't let it cause you to lose sleep. There's enough of us to get together. We're going to be able to help you. Had another family, one lady that Sharon knows, that is witness to, whose, whose child four or five years ago died, young man, died, just complications. And then in the last several days, her daughter, only two kids, died of a young age. How do you explain that? Well, you know what? Your need may not be as large as some of those, but we all have needs and we all have battles that we fight every single day, every day that we get up. What does it take? Faith and determination in the areas and the arena. Just remember this. If you're in trouble, you are not alone. Amen? Somebody close to you is in trouble just like you are or has been in trouble and will be in trouble. That's the good news of life. You say, well, I don't think I like that. Then give it up. There's only one alternative to that, and that's looking at the nasty side of the sod. That is not an option for me. I like the green side to look at. So we cover that as it relates to this. So when we tackle problems, some of you have damage to your houses or to your home, and it's, you're wondering, I don't know what to do, I'm, how to manage it. Uh, some of you had leaks. Some of you got a new roof. Some of you got a well that's got well problems. I saw today a friend of mine who thought I could run my submersible pump in my water well by generator. The thing backfired. The pump blew up way down there in the ground. and got to replace it. It's unbelievable. There are problems everywhere. And we know we had some who own a business. Uh, and the business, of course, has been going through a drought because it's been dry and they're in water cleanup. Now you know what their problem is? It's not the lack of business. Their problem is now we got too much business. Hello? If I were God, I'd say, which way do you want it? You want a lack of business or you want too much business? And so we know that, that life is that way. Some of you are at a season in your life that you never thought you'd be in right now. It uh, maybe caught you by surprise. Maybe it didn't. And you thought, well, my plan for my life is not a part of what I'm in right now. But it is what it is. But the beautiful part about it is is if we have faith and determination, things can change. And listen, people can change. And God has a plan for all of us. So here's what I'm, I want to encourage you in these few moments together, that some of us live for the here and now. And there's nothing wrong with that. Live for the here and now. I, I want to enjoy life. I want to enjoy the blessings of the Lord. I celebrated a birthday recently, 65 years of age. Plus, plus, plus. I picked this young boy up a while ago. Dan turned to me, we're supposed to be worshiping. His mind's not on worship. <laughs> Did you notice that when you picked that 35-pound boy, I said he's 55 pounds, 
you pick that 35 pound boy up that the congregation applauded <laughs> like I couldn't pick like I couldn't pick a kid up it's like it was almost embarrassing in Jesus name <laughs> live for the here and now how many enjoy living for the here and now but I also want to do this I want to live for the future that I have in eternity amen I want to celebrate that. I want to enjoy it. Seeing these songs tonight will get in, you get up and go. Is it possible to enjoy living here on earth and at the same time live an aggressive life for God? I think it is. I think you can live in the here and now and enjoy all the wonderful things that God has in store for you, good and bad, and say, God, you'll make the good. And also, I want to live an aggressive life for God. All of us have had bumps in the road. Have you noticed that? All of us fell into a pit sometime. All of us have been touched a little bit here and there. You see, yes is the answer. Matthew 6, here's what he says. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Somebody say amen. All of them will be met. But here's what I know. The battle of the enemy, the Satan all the time, will do everything that he can to keep us away from living a wonderful life, a happy life, a life filled not just with disappointments, we all have them, but a life that is an overcoming spirit that says, I think I can in the name of Jesus Christ. And I can tell you the enemy will do whatever he can through any means to try to stop us. I mean, to rob us, to steal away from us. But if we're going to, if we're going to have that life that God wants us to have even while we're here on earth. We're just going to have to remember the devil is a liar. The bottom line is he cannot harm us without our permission. You see, we have to do verbal or physical or intellectual consent for the enemy to touch us. And the other thing, or by a lack of resistance to his allures. So I say, you're not going to get my mind. You're not going to get my heart. You're not going to get my intellect. I'm not giving you consent to mess with me. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to resist you wherever you are and say, Satan, get behind me. And I'm not going to fall to your subtle lures. I am going to be safe in the arms of Jesus Christ. Why? Because I was created to love God. I was created to serve God. I was created to praise God. I was created to glorify God. And we may fail at a lot of things, but may we not fail at living the best life that we can, that God has created us, learn from our past, learn from our mistakes, lift our head high and say, I'm going on in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, before you take me up, I'm going to accomplish some great and mighty things for you. Somebody help me preach tonight. So let me share with you some points I think that are important. Nehemiah is our focus. You know about him. He was exiled in the in Jews living 800 miles from Jerusalem. That's about 450 miles from here to Atlanta. It's about 840 miles to uh, uh, up there in Kentucky. Lexington, Kentucky, about 840 miles. So you know if he's exiled, you've got an idea from 450 from here to Atlanta about he's, he's long ways from Jerusalem. He's the cupbearer for a Persian king. I mean, that is so out of line. I mean, his life is so out of line. It had to be nothing that he expected. 
had nothing to do with the promise to the Jews. But, and yet he's the cupbearer. That means if somebody tries to poison the king, you're going to die first. But he's a leader among his peers. You see, he lived high enough and believed in the here and now enough and lived for God in a way that he had the respect of his enemies even though they disliked him. They respected him. They could not figure him out. You know, when you live for Jesus Christ and you live the high life and you take the high road and you always say, God, buy your best. I'm always going to do what's right. I'm going to do everything that I can to remain humble and remain sweet. I'm telling you, the devil cannot touch you. Your enemies may come against you, but they cannot deal with a supernatural anointing that rests upon a made-up mind person to say, I'm going to live for Jesus Christ. I'm going to believe. The temple we know was was laid open because the wall in Jerusalem had been down for 90 years, for 90 years. 90 years had been bare and anyone could come in. So how do we overcome that? Nehemiah is the man that God dialed his number up. God's dialed your number up in some regard tonight, somewhere for something. Did you hear the call? Did you get the call? Have you figured out what it is? Here it is. It says we must have a burden and feel the pressure. You know, parroting is not an easy thing to do. Somebody say amen. How many of you know that sometimes your kids don't turn out like you think they should? Anybody out there with me? They don't do everything that you say. You can boss them around when they're three years of age, but when they get 15 years of age, they become like one of the other of the spouses and will spout off. And think you as a parent, you know nothing, nothing. You got to feel the pressure of parroting. What does that mean? You say, well, I feel the pressure of parroting. So since I'm feeling this pressure, I think I'll just give up. No parrot in their right mind makes a decision to give up on their child. It doesn't matter how old they are. So if you're going to say, I'm going to accomplish something for God in my life and in my family, personally and business-wise, he's, I'm going to feel the pressure because I, I've chosen to feel the burden of where I'm at right now. Nehemiah 1.4, when I heard these things, Nehemiah listened. He said, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. In other words, I got the core of who I am when God impacted me with the burden of that broken wall up in Lexington, Kentucky, so to speak. When God gave me that picture, I had to get myself in line. I had to deal with me. I had to ask myself some questions. Do I have the faith to persevere? Do I have what it takes in my spiritual gut to be able to say, I'm going through and I'm not backing up? Have I made my mind up with a pure resolve that nothing is going to turn me back in my Christian walk? Have I made my mind up that that difficulties, that cuts and wounds and bats and criticism is not going to stop me. I'm going to keep on keeping on and feel that pressure. He said, I've heard it. Some days I mourn and I fasted and I prayed. He was brokenhearted. He felt compassion. He saw the potential that was blocked. Why didn't anyone else step to the plate? Well, they tried, but they became discouraged. He saw that potential. May God instill in our hearts 
what it is that's important, as I mentioned this morning, the main thing, and that's lost individuals. We have to feel the pressure, and we have to feel the burden. In whatever season we're in now, do you feel that sense of pressure, and are you running from it, or are you saying, go ahead, lay it on me, because my God is able to deliver me and bring me through this. Here's number two. We must embrace a purpose. We must embrace a purpose and have an intention for resolution. An intention for resolution, Nehemiah 2.18. I I told them about the gracious hand of the Lord upon me and what the king had said to me. And the people said, it sounds like to me you got a purpose. And they said, let's start rebuilding. May I encourage you? Begin to have a purpose and begin to speak that purpose. Begin to say, my car's broken down now. I understand that. The cars with this kind of miles on it, sooner or later, is going to break down. But the thing that I remember is, God, you provided this vehicle, and if you provided this vehicle, you got another vehicle that you can give to me. God, there's a hole in my roof up there, and I don't know what I'm going to do about it because I'm not a roofing contractor. But I got to tell you, you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody in your church that loves to do roofing and repair holes. Just hang on and say, God, I believe that I have a purpose. It's going to be fixed by the grace and the power of God. I've got a kid that's running away, God, and I I don't know what they're doing. They're on drugs and they're into social behavior. But God, I know a God, hallelujah, that I have talked to over and over and over. And he promised me that he'll be right where they're at and not let them get away. Come on, help me preach tonight. (coughs) Nehemiah waited four months, four months before approaching the king for permission. He viewed the waste of the wall at night he shared with the people after he took a drink of water the hope that was in his heart and he said let us arise and build is that your attitude you feel the pressure you build the burden but do you have it in your heart to say let's arise and build they told us we lost but we're in the rise and build mode Amen. Ed White over there, raise your hand, Ed. One of the great leaders of men's ministries in the Assemblies of God of Florida. Great leader of Royal Ranger Ministries and purchased hundreds of acres out there on Highway 17. Had to be told no more times than you can imagine. But you know what? He just didn't quit. Said, let us arise and build. And now if you go out to that property down on 17 and when there's a powwow, you'll, you'll find thousands and thousands of boys gathered together all worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ because one man said, I came to arise and build. I did not come to give up and lay down. Somebody help me. Here's number three. We must be prepared for opposition. Anything worth its salt has to have opposition. Every positive to work properly has a negative. How many know somebody that's a negative? It's all right. We must be prepared for opposition. When it comes, don't be surprised. Resist it. Strive against it. God, I understand. There's opposition there. Nehemiah 4, 1 and 2. Sanballat, that old devil said, when he heard what was going to happen and rebuilding the wall, said he became incensed and angry. You ever had anybody angry at you? I have. Anybody, you ever anybody just angry at you? Anybody? Come on, raise your, anybody? Come on, you're married too? There you go. 
Ridicule the Jews. You zero-minded Jews. You, you, never, you just never give up. He, 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 see, in, in, he talked negatively in the presence of his associates. He said, who are these feeble Jews? Feeble, the word feeble there is feeble-minded. They don't get it. They're simple-minded. They, they think they're going to restore the wall and offer sacrifices. You think they're going to finish it a day, and you think they can bring these stones that have been burned in a rubble over there? Do they think they're going to bring them back to life? But you know what? Nehemiah and his people were not in the bringing back to life stones ministry, but the God they served was, amen, Jehovah God. You see, our enemy is Satan. How many know that? It's not your mother-in-law. It's not your neighbor. It's not your friend that turned on you. The enemy is Satan, and he, he will not stay abstract and silent, and he will give opportunity for dissension, and critics will come and go, and people become tired halfway through. The people were taxed heavily. The people become discouraged. That's why they started and quit on that wall. People go on strike because they don't think they're getting fairly treated. People lose vision and strength and confidence and security. And opposition, know this, opposition will come, but we can choose not to bow down to it. If you're any kind of a person that is feeling the pressure and feeling the burden and you're any kind of a purpose that you are a person that you believe that you have a purpose, then I can tell you, my friend, you know that opposition will come. So don't let it be a surprise to you. It will come. But here's what I found out. The devil never attacks anyone that's that's not causing him a problem. And if you're getting opposition, it's because the devil says, i got to do something about them to try to get them off target and off practice. And so if you're facing a little bit of challenge right now, a little bit of opposition, a little bit of a 90-degree turn in your life, just lift your hands and say, God, I thank you enough for trusting me with this kind of a life. Here's number four. We must remain determined and committed to remain in charge. Who rules in your life? You and God or the devil? You remain in charge. Satan, that's as far as you go right there. That's all there is to it. Let me ask you a question. This will be good. How many of you on some occasion would like to have the privilege to discipline somebody else's child? <laughs> Come on now, sorry. You'd like to discipline you know, somebody, I mean, mom and dad not paying any attention, the, the kids wrecking the place. Mom and dad, they don't see it. Kids disrespectful. Kid takes and messes the room up or acts up in the restaurant, throws food everywhere, etc. There have been many times <coughs> I've said, God, if you'd let me help that child. I could really help them. But you know what? That would only be good for one time. What really needs to help is the child's parents. Amen? See, parroting again. So here's what, he, here's what he says in this verse. We must remain committed and determined and remain in charge. The enemy say, I'm in charge here. No, you're not. We must remain determined and committed Nehemiah 6.3, so I sent messengers to them with this reply. I'm carrying on a great project, cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave and go down to you?
Satan can aggravate. He mostly, uh, a lot of times, he aggravates through people or circumstances. But he cannot defeat you or cause you to lose focus without your permission. I don't know what to do. I've said that many times. But I have a connection with the one who does know what to do. And he may not speak to me directly, but I got enough friends who are in touch with him that they can help you along if you just seek counsel. Amen? And you rem- if you ever give up the key to the house, the devil will come in and invade your house. You hold the key to your life, to your business, to your future, to your present circle. You hold that key in your hand. It does not belong to the devil. He will make you believe it's his. It does. It is not his key. Sanballat kept trying five times to move Nehemiah. He just kept coming. Nehemiah replied each time, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Would you repeat that with me? I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Say it again. I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. I'm not giving you the key. Mr. Trucking Outfit, we're not giving you the key to our future. Mr. Car Dealer, Mr. Mechanic, I'm not giving you the key to my future. I know in whom I have believed. And I know he's able. He's able. I'm not coming down to where you are. I'm on solid ground. Nehemiah had the burden that would not let him go. He had a purpose that he would not give up. And he had a persistence to face opposition with God's favor. And Nehemiah turned to Sanballat and his cohorts over to God. Over to God. Here's the next one. We must prepare to give glory to the Lord. Give him honor and give him praise and give him the height of our achievement. The wall got built. It was a miracle. No person today can explain it. But here's what, here's what they know. Archaeologists will, in fact, certify today that that wall was rebuilt. Now, Sanballat said, you got a bunch of stones that's been burned, and they're not good for anything. God said, I don't need to use the old burned stones. I can make new stones. They had to create a way, a genius way, to get them back in a matter of days. It's the way it was. In other words, here's the deal. If you're going to have the burden and feel the pressure, if you're going to have the purpose, if you're going to fight the opposition, you can't leave the job before the job's done. Y'all with me? You just can't bail. We're going to get it done until it's finished. You know, if you're a person who, who is a clock in and clock out, a lot of people are that. They're, they're called employees. They clock in at 8. And they clock out at 5 or 4.30 because that's when they're supposed to get off. 
But if you own the business, I said, if you own the business, that's a horse of a different color. Because you say everybody else may have left. But there's still work that I need to do to prepare for tomorrow. You have your kingdom opportunity. You have your life. You have your privilege. You have potential that's there. And you cannot and should not bail before it's done. In other words, when will we know when it's finished? When you hear the trumpet sound or you breathe your last breath, then you know it is over for you. Until then, you stay with the plan. You don't back up. You don't get lost. You don't give up. You pray up until you go up by the grace of God. And then you celebrate. Amen? Celebrate. The day that we dedicated this building, I mean, we had people early on in the program who said they gave thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, this congregation did, to buy this property. And we bought it in, 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 in segments. We had to divide it up because we just couldn't afford the whole thing. And we just kept buying and kept believing and kept praying and kept having capital campaigns. And you responded, many of you, over and over again. And this property right out here, we still owed the 800000 about $700,000, $800,000 on that out there. And we were paying right along. But when we dedicated this facility back in uh, 2000, back in 2000, Mother, would you make me out a liar for one year? I shouldn't have even turned and looked at you in 99. What's a di one day is the difference in 1999 to the year 2000, just one day. So in the year 2000, We dedicated the building. Dr. Gill stood right here. How many of you know there's a Bible buried right down beneath here? You know what? We took that Bible, for those of you who don't know, and we left it out, and you signed, you signed that Bible. You just signed it. You know what we did? We buried it right where the preacher stands. It's down there about uh, four feet. And... Uh, <laughs> Down there about four feet because we want to stand on the Word. That's it. If you pull this carpet back, you're going to see scriptures where people wrote prayer needs for their family underneath the carpet right there. Sure. You said, well, how would I know? We put glue down. Sure we did. But I got to tell you, you can still see some of the writing under that carpet. Why? Because we were faith people believing God. And then when it came time for ded dedication day, Dr. Gill said, hey, here's your deed. You don't owe any more money. This is what he said. I've watched your church, and I'm happy with the ministry that you've done. And it's my privilege to be able to tell you that you don't owe me any more money. That's the grace of God. That's the grace of God. You see, we didn't give up. We didn't back up. So here's what he said, Nehemiah 7, verse number 1, after the wall had been rebuilt... And set the doors in place, and the gatekeepers and the singers and the Levites were appointed. They finished in, in 52 days. 49,633 people. 49,633 people were ready to praise the Lord. Ezra the priest led them in worship. Because for 90 years, people lived in that area and say, yeah, a few people came along and they tried to rebuild it. 
Nobody's been able to do it. There'll be others that'll come along at a different time and try to rebuild it. But God spoke to one man, and notice the scripture, and Nehemiah heard the Lord and said, God, first take care of me. Now, I'm going to, I want you to notice this. I'm going to rebuild. I'm going to rebuild the wall. And in a matter of days, with opposition, they celebrated. I'm asking you tonight, what is it that you need now to begin to prepare for to celebrate? To say, look what the Lord has done. And you are not too old ever to have an opportunity to still celebrate. Amen? If you're that old, then celebrate being able to get up in the morning. Celebrate it. Amen? Amen? He said, I don't have a tooth in my head. Celebrate the fact you got the false ones over there on the counter somewhere. Put them in and celebrate. Amen? Come on, somebody help me. That's who we are, church. So we just came through a storm. Do we let Irma and other storms like that in life define who we are? I say no. That God has said, my church is the church. And the gates of hell is not going to push it down as long as there's one man who will stand in the gap and say, God, you have called me to rebuild this season of my life. When you do, I'm telling you, your tomorrow will be far better than you thought it was going to be when you get that in your head and you get that in your heart. Would you stand with me tonight? Father, we praise you and we thank you and we worship you. We know that you do not fail. We thank you. Several of our families today who did not have electricity this morning got it this afternoon and we rejoice and we are thankful. And you put us through just a little time of testing. But there's still a clarion call that comes from the heart of God as we talk this morning to let the main thing be the main thing, and that is to reach lost people. But God, if we're going to reach lost people, we have to have the core of who we are determined. We have to be determined and say, I will not be discouraged. We have to be aggressive and say, I'm not going to wander aimlessly, but I'm going to seek the face of God and seek the counsel. And something good's coming out of this. We don't have to let the enemy depress us or even discourage us that we can rise up and not bow down to the lies of the enemy. Oh, he'll take his best shot, but he's a loser, he's a lunatic, and he's a liar. And God, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the life that is in us. You are the breath of fresh inspiration. You are the tingle of fresh anointing. You are the wisdom that goes beyond our years and our experience. You are the sacred, sacred anointing of your spirit that rests on each of us. And we are the redeemed of the Lord. And we say so by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ.
I pray people will leave here tonight with a new resolve in some areas of their lives and claim it and praise it in Jesus' name. If you're not right with the Lord, your heart is not in alignment, not in tune, you don't ever know. You might be full of pride, arrogance. You might be fooling yourself, lying to yourself that, hey, I'm a good person, good people. Good people don't go to heaven, friend. Redeemed people go to heaven. Redeemed people. People that have simply humbled themselves. That's it. That's the key. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. And say, God, I want to I get things right, and I feel you speaking to my heart. So if you're here and you're listening online or looking, whatever way, just everybody repeat this prayer. You in your home right now where you are, would everyone repeat it? Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus forgive me. Forgive me. I have sinned. I have messed things up. I've been blind, but now I see. I sense your presence. And because I sense your presence, I confess my sins. And I believe by faith that you are forgiving me. And you have forgiven me. And you continue to forgive me as I honor you. Help me, Lord Jesus, to build. Help me to rebuild in areas of my life that I need to continue on in. I lift my hands of praise and I worship you in spirit and in truth. And I declare that the enemy is a liar and that you are the victor. And I claim you as my Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer, here's the way it works. You say, I don't have a problem in my body but I got some challenges at home or challenges on the job and I need God to answer. I need him to give me wisdom. If you just come, we'll anoint you with oil. We're going to sing this song through and we're just going to rejoice in the Lord for a few moments. Can we do that? So as we sing, you come and then we'll give the benediction in just a moment.